All right, all right. Good morning, good morning. I hope you've had a great week, uh, you know, just doing, uh, doing life, being with your family, works, school, you know, whatever this week may have looked like for you. This past week, we actually kicked off our life group uh, fall term semester, and uh, hopefully you got plugged into a group. I was in a group on a Thursday night that actually met here uh, in this room, right in this area, had a great discussion about our Revelation series that we're in. But listen, it's not too late uh, for you to jump into a life group. We are so early on in our fall term, so if you're not currently connected with a life group, would encourage you, take that step, be a part of community. Uh, it's just, it's a big deal for us here at, at LifePoint. We believe that we've been created for authentic community, that God has designed us and wired us to need other people in our life. And we don't want you to miss out on the blessing of community and your life. So if you're interested in getting connected in a life group, you can find all of our available life groups either on the LifePoint app, on our website, or find anybody from our staff, ask us, and we can help get you connected with a group as well. Well, you've picked a, a great Sunday to, to be here, whether it's your first time here or you've been coming for, for a while now, because it is Life Change Sunday. Uh, we're going to be celebrating people who are taking their next step in their faith journey by following Jesus and baptism. And uh, we have people lined up at all three services today who are uh, going uh, public with their, their faith, declaring that they've been made new and are, are getting baptized, but our prayer, our desire, Desire. Anytime we do something like Life Change Sunday is that we're praying and believing that we're going to see other people take that step as well today. People who showed up today with no intention, no desire, wasn't even on their radar to get baptized, and today's going to be their day where they go uh, public in their faith and they follow Jesus and obedience and, and get baptized. So today we're going to take a, a, a pause, a quick pause on our Revelation series. No, uh, no Mark of the Beast today, no dragons, none of that. Uh, we're going to be getting back to that next week. And today we're going to be talking about bapti baptism, believer's baptism. And here's the question that, that I want to try to answer us for us today. Maybe you've been coming to church for, for a long time. Uh, maybe you're, you're, you're new to church Maybe you know a lot about baptism. Maybe for you, it's like, why is there a trough full of water? What is this all about? Uh, but the question that we want to try to answer today is this. What is believer's baptism? What is believer's baptism? The baptisms that we see in the New Testament uh, of people who trust in Jesus and get baptized. What, what is it? What is it all about? And there's two aspects that I want to talk about today regarding believer's baptism. Two aspects of it. If you're taking notes, the first one is this is that baptism, it is an outward expression of an inward reality. It's an outward expression of, a, of an inward reality. Another way of saying it is it's a physical representation of a spiritual reality. It's a picture of what takes place in someone's heart, in someone's life, when they place their faith and their trust in Jesus for their salvation. And the Apostle Paul, he, he writes about this very idea in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. And these verses will be on the, the screen behind me as well. Paul says this. He says, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead from the, through the glory of the Father, we too may live in a new life. We may live in a new life. 
Now, when I was in, in seminary, I had to write a 30-page, 8,000-word paper just on these two verses of Scripture. And it was by far the uh, most time-consuming and most difficult assignment I've ever had in uh, my education history. And what I want to do is I want to take about 40 hours worth of research and summarize it into about five minutes here uh, as we kind of talk through this point. My, my education going to, uh, to good use today. You see... When we place our faith, when we place our, our trust in Jesus for our salvation and for the forgiveness of our sins, the Bible teaches us here in, in Romans chapter 6 that we are united with Jesus. We are united with Jesus in his death and his burial and in his resurrection. In his death and his burial and his resurrection. When we trust in Jesus, his death, his death on the cross becomes our death. We die the death of Jesus, which means that we also share in the benefits of his death. And what are the benefits of his death? What did Jesus' death on the cross accomplish for us? It means that we die to sin. We die to sin. Now, that doesn't mean uh, that we become perfect or that we become sinless in, in that moment of salvation, far from it. Uh, if you know any Christians in your life, you could attest to the fact that they are not perfect. They are not sinless. It doesn't happen in that moment. In fact, that won't happen until Jesus returns and we receive our resurrected bodies. But it does mean that the power of sin has been broken in our life. That we're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer bound by it anymore. It's not our master. We're not controlled by it. When we place our faith in Jesus, we die the death of Jesus. But we also participate, it says, with, with Jesus in his burial. And what's the, what's the purpose of, of a burial? A burial communicates the reality of death. It says that death has, has happened. And when we place our faith in Jesus, we are buried with Christ in his death. And when that happens, when we are buried with Christ, it communicates the end of our old life. The end of our old life that was ruled by, by sin, that was ruled by our flesh. And it marks the beginning of a brand new life. A brand new life that is led by the spirit of God who comes to dwell within us. So Paul says we, we, we die with Jesus, we're buried with Jesus when we trust in him, but we also participate, and here's the good news, with Jesus in his resurrection. You see, just as Jesus was raised from the dead after he died and after he was buried, we are raised to life as well. The moment that you trust in Jesus for your salvation, for the forgiveness of your sins, scripture tells us that we are made alive. We're brought to life. We become a brand new creation in that moment. There's a, a dividing line between our old life and the new life that we now live through Jesus. And Paul, he talks about this in, in, in throughout the, the New Testament. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, and, and these verses may be familiar to many of you, it says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive. Everybody say alive. alive. Let's try that again. Everybody say alive. 
He made us alive, meaning that previously we were dead, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions and in our sins, it is by grace, God's grace, that you have been saved. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, meaning if anyone has placed their faith and trust in Jesus, the new creation has come. The old, it's, it's gone. And the new is here. See, when we trust in Jesus, when we share in his resurrection, we are made new. We are brought to life. And as a, a new creation, Man, we're called to, to live in this new life. We're called to walk in it. Meaning that we're supposed to, to live differently now. We're supposed to think different and talk different and act different and believe different because we are now led, not by our flesh, not by our sinful nature. We are now led by the spirit of God who lives inside of us. We now belong to, to a different kingdom, not the kingdom of the world, but the kingdom of God. We've died to our old life, and we've been raised, we've been brought to life to live a brand new life. So death, burial, and resurrection. That's what happens in the moment of, of salvation. We die to our old life. We die to our sin nature. And we are brought to life in baptism. What we're going to see here in just a few minutes, what we're going to see throughout today, baptism is a physical representation of that spiritual reality. Listen, it's not, it's not what saves us. It's not what makes us right with God. It's not what makes God love us more, but it is a picture of what has happened in our heart and in our life. We're buried under the water. When you see somebody get baptized, they're buried under the water, meaning their old life, it's, it's gone. And then they're brought back up out of the water, marking the beginning of their new life with Jesus. Baptism, it is an outward expression of an inward reality. It's a picture of what God has done in their life. And when we see people get baptized today, they are communicating that they are a new creation, that they have been made new, that they have been brought to life. It's an outward expression of an inward reality. But the second thing I want us to see today is, is this, is that baptism is a matter of obedience to Jesus, and to the scriptures. You know, before Jesus ascended into heaven, he, he gathered his followers, he gathered his, his disciples together to, to give them kind of their, their final marching orders. And in, in life, we, we put a lot of weight on people's first words, don't we? Like as, as parents, we, we remember the, the first words that our, our kids spoke, whether it was mama or, or dada or no. Uh, that may have been your, your kid's first word, no. But we also place a lot of weight on, on people's final words. Like you may remember the, the final conversation you had with a, a friend or a family member or a grandparent and those words that they shared with you, they, they stick with you. You remember them, that you, you carry them. And here we have a record 
of Jesus' final words here on earth, his final words to his followers, to his disciples, which means because these are his last words, they should carry a lot of weight with us. They should carry a lot of significance and importance in our life. And in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus said this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, in response to this, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You, know, you may have heard these, these verses before and they're, uh, they're often referred to as the Great Commission. The Great Commission. And the, the Great Commission has really three components to it. Make disciples baptize them, and teach them. Make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. And notice, this is not called the great suggestion. <laughs> Meaning, hey, if, if you've got time for it, or hey, if you're, you're interested in this and would like to you know, be involved in this, no, 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 it is the great commission like, these things are not optional for us as followers of Jesus. As believers, this is what we've been called to. This is what we've been commanded to do. Which means that, that baptism, it is a matter of obedience. Not a matter of salvation, but a matter of obedience to Jesus and to his great commission. To his final words. We are called we are commanded to be baptized if we have placed our faith and our trust in Jesus. So, if we have trusted in Jesus, if we have been united to Jesus in his death and his burial and his resurrection, but we haven't followed him in believer's baptism, then we are living and disobedience. We are out of step with the Spirit in our life. And here's why this matters. Here's why this is a big deal. When we are living in disobedience, it puts a strain on our relationship with God. It doesn't change our standing with God. It doesn't undo our salvation, but it puts a strain on our relationship with God. There's almost like this, this ceiling, this lid that we just keep hitting. And we're unable to, to grow and to progress in other areas when it comes to our spiritual life if we are being disobedient in this key area. We hit this wall, and what happens is we rob ourselves of the blessing that comes from, from obedience, there is a true blessing. I'm not talking about a material blessing, but a true blessing that comes when, when you follow Jesus in obedience. When you take a step of faith, when you give Jesus your yes and you say, hey, whatever you've called me to, whatever you've commanded of me, man, my answer is yes. Baptism, man, it is a matter of obedience. Not a matter of salvation, but a matter of obedience to Jesus into the scriptures. Man, so I, I just want to give, give you all just two very, very simple, very clear action steps today. 
We're, uh, the service is, you know, we, we've got more service today. I'm going to be up here speaking again. But this section, it's, it's intentionally short because we want to give you, you time to respond today. Two action steps. The first one is this, is salvation. Man, there's some of you in here, you have never come to the, to the point in your life, you've never come to the place in your life where you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus for your salvation, you never turn to him. And the Bible would say that because of that, you, you are spiritually dead right now. You are dead in your sin. And the Bible tells us that, that all of us, every single one of us, any person who has ever lived, we have all fallen short of God's standard. We have all sinned. And the consequences for our sin, because we've fallen short of God's standard, is eternal separation from God. And we've talked about that a lot, a lot over the last few weeks about the fact that, that Jesus is coming back. He's coming back to, to, to judge. He's coming back to bring justice. And it all depends on what have you done with Jesus? Have you placed your faith, your trust in him for your salvation, for the forgiveness of your sins? And the Bible teaches us that whoever calls on the name of Jesus, they will be saved. They will be rescued. They will be made new. They will be brought to life. They will become a brand new creation. Man, have you come to the place in your life where you have placed your faith in Jesus? And here's what that means. Have you transferred your trust? Have you transferred your, your trust from, from your, yourself where you've tried to save yourself by trying to be good enough or successful enough and placing your trust in Jesus for your salvation, for the forgiveness of your sins. And some of you today, you, you've never come to that moment in your life and today is your day to move from death to life, to become a brand new creation, to be united with Jesus in his death and his burial and in his resurrection. But for some of you, man, that step today is baptism. Man, you, you showed up today, just a normal Sunday, and baptism was not on your mind. It was not on your radar at all. And today, God is trying to, he's trying to get your attention. You know, maybe you, you trusted in Jesus a long time ago when you were, when you were a kid, when you were a student, you called out to Jesus to save you. He rescued you. He, you. he made you alive. But you've never taken that step of obedience. You've never followed him in, in, in baptism. Maybe, maybe for some of you, you've made that decision recently. In the last couple of weeks, in the last couple of months, maybe even today, you're wanting to make that decision. But listen, if you have placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, but you have not been baptized... Baptism is your next step. Scripture is so clear about that. And here's the good news. And you can get baptized today. You can get baptized today. We, we have people from our team who are ready to walk with you through that process, to, to talk with you, to pray with you, to, to get you ready. And I know some of you, you're thinking, okay, but I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. I don't have a change of clothes. I don't have a towel. Like I haven't called my, my family. They're not here. Listen, we've, we've got it taken care of. We, we've got a change of clothes for you. 
We've got a towel. We've got deodorant for you in case you're like a big sweater and you're really nervous up here. Like we have taken care of everything that you need in order for you to get baptized today. So that's you. If you've never taken that step of obedience in your relationship with Jesus, I wanna encourage you, I wanna invite you to take that step of faith today. Stop delaying, to stop waiting and to say yes to Jesus, to take that step right now. You know, in just a minute, I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna be celebrating some people who, who are being baptized, who have made that decision, who are declaring, I've been made new. And then we're gonna sing a couple of songs and give you an opportunity, give you time to, to, to talk with somebody, to pray with somebody, to, to, to change. I just wanna encourage you, Take that step. Don't, don't delay that obedience anymore. We have everything in place for you to take that step of faith today. So I'm gonna pray for us now. We're gonna celebrate baptism. And if God is working on your heart today, if God is leading you to take that step of, of baptism, when I say amen, I just wanna invite you to, to head to the back of the room. We have some people in the back in blue shirts. And uh, they're the people who you can say, hey, I'm, I, I wanna get baptized. And they'll walk with you through that, that process. You can grab a friend, grab a, a family member by the hand, bring them with you. You don't have to do this by yourself. You don't have to go back there alone. And, but don't delay your obedience. Take that step of faith today. So Father, we, we thank you, God, for the, the picture of baptism that, that you've given us this picture of death to life, of what happens in us when we place our faith and our trust in you for our salvation. Lord, my prayer today, I know there are believers in this room and our services later today who know you, who have been saved, who have been changed, but they've never taken that step of obedience. They've never taken that step of faith for whatever reason. And God, right now, God, I pray that you would give them the courage and the boldness to say yes. God, to step away from, from, from their seat, to move to the back of the room. God, to make that decision and take that next step in their faith journey with you. Jesus, we love you. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Well, we're gonna celebrate baptism here right now, but if you need to get baptized, if you need to take that step of faith right now, grab a friend, grab a family member by the hand, head to the back of the room, blue shirts, they wanna help you take that step today. You know, there's this, uh, this story in uh, Acts chapter eight where it's kind of this crazy story. This angel appears to this guy named, named Philip and he tells Philip, hey, I want you to go south on this road. He doesn't give him any other instruction, no other context. He just says, I want you to go south on this road. So Philip, he obeys. And he begins to, to travel on this road. And while he's traveling, he comes across this, this man, this Ethiopian man in this, this chariot. Uh, he's this high-ranking government official. And uh, Philip walks up beside the, the chariot, has no idea who this guy is. They've never met, never had a conversation. And he notices that he's reading uh, a scroll from the, uh, from the Old Testament, and uh, he asked the man, hey, do you, do you understand what you're reading? Do you, do you know what you're reading? And the guy says, no. Like, how, how can I understand unless somebody explains it to me? 
And he's reading this passage from, from Isaiah that, that's talking about Jesus, about the Messiah who, who would come. And uh, Philip says, well, there's uh, nobody else out here, and I'd be more than happy to, uh, to explain it to you. And uh, he invites him up in, into the chariot, and they start to talk, and it says that Philip started with this passage about Jesus and began to, to share the gospel with him, the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ alone, that God can rescue us from our sin. He can rescue us from death and, and bring us to life. And as this guy is, is hearing this message of Jesus, he's hearing the gospel, he, he makes a decision. He decides in that moment to place his faith and his trust in Jesus. And they're traveling along, and I love what this says in Acts chapter 8, verse 36. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch, this Ethiopian man, he said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized. Man, I love that. What will stand in the way? What can stand in the way of me be getting baptized? What, what's gonna keep me from that? You know, when Philip had, had shared with this man about following Jesus, he had obviously talked to him about the importance of baptism, about going public with your, your faith and identifying with Jesus' death and burial and resurrection. And when this guy sees water moments after salvation, and he says, that's my next step. That's what I need to do. I need to be obedient. I need to take that step of faith, and I need to be baptized right now. And so that's my, my question for you today. Man, what's keeping you from being baptized? Man, I know there's some kind of some common objections that kind of stand in the way of, of, of many of us getting baptized. For some of us, it's like, hey, look, I, I, I know, I understand what Scripture's saying, but, man, I was baptized as an infant. Or, man, I was already baptized when, when I was a kid. And I know for some of you, your, your baptism as, a, as an infant, as a child, man, that was an important and special moment for, for your parents. And man, our desire, our heart is we, we want to honor that decision that your parents made, that your family made. But you see, infant baptism, it's, it's really an expression of your parents' hope that one day you would make a personal decision for Jesus. And the fact that maybe you have now placed your faith, your trust in Jesus for your salvation, it is a fulfillment of that. And believers' baptism, it doesn't, it doesn't cancel that. It doesn't discredit it. It's just, it's different. Because believer's baptism, it is more about your faith. It's not about your parents' faith. It's about you making a personal decision to follow Jesus. And what we see in Scripture every single time in the New Testament is that baptism always comes after a profession of faith. When someone places their faith and trust in Jesus, they are then baptized. Believer's baptism never happens before a profession of faith. Now, maybe for some of you, you were baptized when you were seven or eight years old. And you were at church, and, and, and you know everyone around you was getting baptized, or you felt like your parents wanted you to get baptized, or you saw your brother or sister get baptized. And at seven or eight years old, you made that decision to get baptized. But it wasn't until a number of years later that you made a personal decision to follow Jesus. And your baptism is now out of order. You were baptized before you made a personal decision to follow Jesus. I mean, that was, that was my story. I grew up in a Christian home. 
My parents loved the Lord. They taught me about Jesus from, from as early on as I can remember. And I understood the gospel. I understood that Jesus died for me, that Jesus rose from the dead, that if I trust in him, I, I could be saved and rescued. I understood it intellectually, but it wasn't real. It wasn't personal for me. And at seven years old, to, to make my parents happy, to, to do the right thing, I got baptized. But I didn't know Jesus. It wasn't until I was a sophomore in high school that I made a personal decision to place my faith, my trust in Jesus. Not, it wasn't my parents' faith. It wasn't about their decision. It was about me. And after I trusted in Jesus as a sophomore in high school, I began to realize, I began to, to feel convicted, man, that my baptism was not in the right order, that I had been baptized before I was saved. So as a senior in high school, I finally took that step of obedience and followed Jesus in baptism. And maybe for some of you today, that, that needs to happen. You need to get your baptism in the right order. Now, some of you, you, you may be thinking, man, I'm, just, I'm afraid of what people are gonna think. Like everyone thinks I'm already baptized. Like I, I've been coming here for, for years. I'm in a life group. I serve. Like everyone just assumes, of course they've been baptized. You know, what are they going to think? What are they going to say if I get baptized today? And, and honestly, man, if I can just say it bluntly, like who cares? Isn't it more important what God thinks about you? Isn't it more important to honor the Lord with your obedience regardless of what people may think, and what people may say? And here, let me tell you. Nobody here is going to be looking down on you for getting baptized. People want to celebrate with you if you take that step. Now, maybe for, for some of you, the, the thought, the feeling is, man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not ready. I mean, I need, to, I need to get my life together first. I need to clean myself up. And listen, that's, that's kind of the point. Man, none of us are ever ready when it comes to following Jesus. In fact, our, our entire belief system as Christians is centered around this idea of grace. The fact that we aren't enough. The fact that we aren't ready. But God has graciously given us what we don't deserve. Listen, to, to follow Jesus in baptism, you don't, you don't have to, to have your life together. You don't have to have things figured out. You don't need to stop sinning. You don't need to clean yourself up first. The only prerequisite for believer's baptism is, have you placed your faith and your trust in Jesus for salvation? And if you have, you are the perfect candidate for baptism. Man, you're ready. You don't need to go in and get yourself ready. This is the next step for you, wherever you are when it comes to following Jesus. If you have placed your faith in him, man, you're ready to be baptized. And then maybe for some of you, it's, it's man, I, I wanna get baptized with, with my family. I wanna get baptized with my spouse. I wanna get baptized with my kids. I just don't know if they're there yet. I don't know if they're ready. And listen, I, I love, I love the heart behind that, of wanting to do that as a, as a family, wanting to do that with your spouse or with your kids. Man, but think about how God may use your obedience to encourage their obedience. How God may use your step of faith to encourage them to finally take that step of faith. I believe that God honors our obedience and that God uses it in a way to encourage other people to follow Jesus. 
Now, I believe that, that God is, is using her step of faith, her step of obedience to encourage some of you in this room today to take that step for yourself. And what is keeping you from being baptized? Throw away the excuses. Don't delay. Man, if you need to follow Jesus in baptism, today is your day. We're gonna continue to, to worship. We've got more, more songs planned and we have more opportunities if today you need to take that step and follow Jesus and baptism. So let me pray for us and, and we're gonna continue to worship. God, I thank you for, for just the, the picture that we've been able to see today of someone who has been brought from death to life, who is now alive in you, who is a brand new creation. I thank you for, for, for her story, for how you've been at work in, in her life. And God, I just pray for, for boldness and confidence right now in this room. I know you're speaking, I know you're working, I know you're convicting, and Lord, God, help us to just respond in obedience to whatever that, that looks like. Remove any excuses, any doubts, and help us to respond in, in faith to how you're leading us today. Jesus, we love you, we thank you, we pray this in your name, amen.